This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In front beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. We are having solid talk tonight, speaking out loud in depth. You see the title of tonight's solid talk. Ask this question. Why isn't our generation getting married? Now, this is a topic that's important. Why is this important? Because marriage is one of the first, if not the first institution that God actually put placed in the earth as far as mankind is concerned, right? If you want to be really technical, you can say that he gave Adam a job before he gave him a wife. So you can say maybe he instituted purpose right in the earth, God. But aside from that, what he definitely instituted as far as an institution or a construct was marriage. The Bible says that we're created in the image of God, male and female created he them. Okay, so God created mankind and and he said about Adam, it's not good that he be alone. He didn't say he was lonely. He said he was alone and it's not good for him to be alone. So he took Eve out of his side, out of his rib. All right. And then he made her and they became one. He said, I shall call her Eve, okay, the mother of all living, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. And so today, this very thing that God implemented, right, this very thing that God really uh, came up with, this very thing that God has placed for man, because what was one of the very first instructions that God gave mankind? He told them to do these two things. He said, be fruitful and multiply. I guess that's technically the same thing, <laughs> but, but he said it two different ways to make sure that they did it. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Right. And so what I'm noticing now, of course, this is not everybody, but statistically speaking, right. Uh, collectively speaking, when I look at my generation and when I say my generation, I guess I would technically fall under the category of millennial. Uh, even though I have more of a probably like a boomer way of thinking. Right. I got a little millennial in me, too. I'm gonna be honest. I can, I can do my avocado toast. You know what I mean? I don't mind my avocado toast. OK, but that being said, technically, I am a millennial. And when I look at my peers, a lot of folks I know are not married. Some are, but a lot are not. OK, as a matter of fact, in my friend circle, where I where I uh, grew up and, you know, made friends over the years. None of us are married. All right. Uh, I want to I want to say their names, but I, I'm going to spare them that. Right. Most of them are not saved. That's true as well. But they're not married. And then there's even some saved male friends that I've made over the years that are also currently not married. And so I want to tackle this question. I'm, I'm asking you guys tonight. I literally want to know where you stand on this. So go ahead and click the link if you want to weigh in on this topic. The question is, why isn't our generation getting married? Another way of phrasing that question, why are marriage rates so low today? So what I want to do is I want to start with an article that uh, speaks a little bit about marriage rates. I'm not sure 
how much detail it goes into. But we're going to read through this article a little bit, and I'm going to give you guys my my hypothesis, right, and <laughs> my theory as to why this is. Um, I was a little apprehensive about tackling this topic because it kind of drives down my street a little bit since obviously I'm not married. And, and also because there are a lot of factors that go into this. We could do a whole series on this. I'm not going to because I'm not going to spam my channel like this. I know this is a high ratings topic, right? <laughs> That's why I don't talk about marriage too much. Uh, that and the fact that I'm not married. But this is an important topic and it's a it's it's a very dynamic topic so we're going to try to scratch the surface and if we got to do another one we'll do another one but for now let's check out this article and see what it's saying so i'm going to bring this up on the screen glory to lamb of god now this is an article that i found okay it says now this is by baylor lariat okay i guess this is like an <clears throat> educational piece so it says marriage rates at all time low. This was published April 11th, 2022. So let's kind of see what it says. Okay. It says marriage rates have been declining since the 1970s and have been sitting at a historic low for the past few years. Birth rates are also reduced, hitting a record low in 2020. Many students have said they do want to get married and have kids at some point, but there are factors they must take into account. They feel previous generations did not have to face. OK, this is an, this is going an interesting place. All right. We'll keep that in mind. Right. Some of the factors believed to have caused this shift include an increase in education, economic independence and gender equality for women which some experts say was sparked by the countercultural movement of the late 1960s. Other factors that have been prevalent in the 21st century include declining religious beliefs of adherence to marriage, lack of financial instability, and a shift in attitude toward marriage and childbearing. In 2006, Half of U.S. adults said it was important to marry and have children together compared to 29 percent in 2020. Now, as much as I would love to finish reading this article, they have said way too much. <laughs> they have said way too much in the beginning for me to just keep going. So I want to I want to just get right into this because they're they're really giving my theory and my my hypothesis about what's really going on okay uh the first thing that they mentioned right is that these rates have been declining since the 1970s and then it's it mentions a little bit later in the article that i'm highlighting here it says some experts say it was sparked by the countercultural movement of the late 1960s. Now, what is that really saying, right? The countercultural movement, what is what is the culture of America founded upon? Because in order for us to really identify what's countercultural, right, we need to be able to, to specify what is our culture. And so America 
as it has flaws, just like everything in this fallen world has flaws. The fact of the matter is that this particular country was founded upon biblical principles. All right. Uh, for what it's worth, we're a Christian country. <laughs> I know it's little. We saved that discussion for another day. But the fact of the matter is America traditionally is a Christian country. And so when it says countercultural, what's really being said is that it's, it, it was an anti-Christian movement that was taking place. It might not have been recognized as that. It might not have even been been perceived as that. Right. They might not have even been thinking of it in that way. But what you have is a spirit of rebellion that rose up in those uh, 1950s, 60s and 70s. And so somewhere around the 50s, I think, is where we get our feminist movement or the, the, the inception of that kind of when that first began to gain, gain momentum. Then in the 60s, you get your hippies. You get your uh, free love movement. You get your civil rights movement, which in and of itself I don't think was bad, but uh, but it was still sort of carrying that little bit of rebellious type vibe, right? And then more importantly to this discussion, we get the free love movement, okay? The sexual revolution that carried in from the 60s into the 70s. And what that free love movement did it's no coincidence that the free love movement came after the feminist movement, because what the feminist movement did is it was the destruction of the, the definition of what a man and a woman is. That was the very first thing that began to blur the lines. And so as far as and, and that was inspired by the devil, which is why we're talking about that on this channel. And so the the uh, culmination of all of that stuff is what we actually see today. The fact that we're at a point in our country where we literally don't know what a man, and when I say we, I'm just talking about some people. It's taboo to simply say that a man is different from a woman or what a man is or what a woman is because the idea was to always blur the lines. Because if the devil can stop uh, the image of God, right? If he can, if he can stop humanity, then he takes away from the image of God. And that's one of the things that he does. And so the fruit of all of those things that happened in the 50s, 60s, 70s is what's happening with our generation today. And so now we today are an experimental generation. We are like a science project. Okay. We, and when I say we, once again, I don't, I don't think I've finished explaining this point. I'm a millennial. I just turned 38 years old. So we are, uh, we are like the fruit of all of these movements. Okay. We're the fruit of this. And to be quite frank, we're like everything that, that could go wrong with it, that a lot of those people did not see back then. So a lot of times we as people can only go by what we see and what we experience. So depending on your your parents and your situation, uh, statistically, you were less likely to grow up in a two parent home. All right. 
if you're if, depending on when you were born, right? If you were born more recently, you're less likely to have seen family modeled. So a lot of folks around my age and, 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 and younger and older really never had an example of what a healthy family looked like. And then some of us who did have that example, uh, when I say example, I mean, maybe a mom and a dad. It wasn't even perfect. Right. <laughs> it wasn't. Sometimes it had a lot of issues. Sometimes they just stay together just because they stay together. But the fact of the matter is that they stayed together. Right. They, they, they had a reverence for the institution of marriage. They took a lot of those vows seriously when they stood up at that altar and said, till death do us part. Now, they might have been like them folks on a living color. They was at each other's necks, ready to strangle one another. And as soon as you look at them, they play nice. We still together. <laughs> but they in there trying to kill each other. But they stayed together. And another another product of those movements that I mentioned earlier is actually the increase in divorce, which was a reflection of people not revering marriage the same way that they used to revere it. So this increase of divorce created what we now refer to as blended families. And if you're in a blended family, no harm in that. You know what I mean? But the point I'm making is it made divorce so common that now you can have a divorce, really what they call a no-fault divorce. You don't even need a legitimate excuse. At first, you used to have a reason like, oh, you know, I, I need to do this. Now you can just simply say irreconcilable differences, no-fault divorce, case closed. So this is what this is what we're seeing, right? We are an experiment in 2022. This is like the, the the like a science project that the devil put together, and he knew what his outcome was going to be. And so a lot of us now, and I'm gonna put the link in the chat. A lot of us now, right? Glory to the Lamb of God. We, as I mentioned, can only model what we see. And so if we didn't see that, then we're not going to know what to what to look for. We're not going to know what to do. We're not going to know what it takes. And then on top of that, if you saw it and it was unappealing to you, you know, it was chaotic, it was toxic, then it's not going to it's not going to appeal to you. You're going to say, I don't want that, whether it's consciously or whether it's subconsciously. And so I was talking to somebody about this. And by the way, I put the link in the description for anybody who wants to join in. Um, when I was talking to somebody about this, about this idea of um, marriage, there was a, a person I know they had just gotten out of a long relationship. I'm, I'm talking like had to be like 12 or 13 years. Right. <laughs> I was talking to this person about this and I said, well, in some ways, the way our generation conducts themselves is kind of like what the generation before us did without the paperwork. And what I mean by that is the, the generation where divorce became normal, right? Divorce became legal. What they would do is they would marry and then they would divorce and then they would remarry. So you basically marry somebody for five, 10, sometimes longer, 15 years. Then you got divorced and, and you went on and got with somebody else. And that became normal. 
literally every uncle in my family has been remarried and i'm not i'm not trying to talk about my family or nothing like that but it's just the truth like specifically on my dad's side my my mom was my dad's second wife so my dad was married before my mom okay my other i'm not gonna name their names my other uncle had been married twice his both his wives passed away now um my other uncle was married twice. The wife he's with now is his second wife. My other uncle, I'm actually not sure if he ever got married. And my other uncle has been married at least twice. I'm not even sure if he's married now, right? <laughs> uh, mom's side, I only, well, one of my uncles passed away. And then my other uncle is actually on his third wife. So, the way we kind of live today is we get into relationships and then we start to play house. You can get into a relationship with somebody two, three, five years, as I mentioned, sometimes 10 years with somebody. Y'all begin to kind of sleep over each other's house and, you know, y'all spend the night, y'all doing what married people do. And then at some point, Y'all have these irreconcilable differences or so you claim and there's no paperwork. So instead of you having to file a divorce, you just simply say, I want to break up and you break up and then you get with somebody else for another year or two or three or five. And then maybe you just decide you don't want it at all after that point. And so what's really happening is there's no accountability. There's no accountability at all. You know, you guys can let me know what you say about what you think about this. I'm going to get to the comments in just a moment. But sometimes I think it, these days it has to be a supernatural move of God for two people to get married. Because <laughs> God really does have to bring them together because there's so many people with so many different uh, mindsets and viewpoints and so much baggage that you just don't know, like the dating scene is like a like a field of landmines, right? And you just don't know if I tiptoe around and I think I'm safe. And next thing you know, if I push this button, it's going to blow up. And that's the way people are looking at it. People go into this thing, and I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people go into this thing defensive. They go into it toxic. And the thing about it is this, the reason why a lot of these marriages and relationships don't work is because people don't have a common ground. What we think a man and a man's role is and what we think a woman and a woman's role is, is all over the spectrum, right? There's there's no uh, cultural agreement. Remember that word they said in that article was countercultural. There's no cultural agreement about what a man is, what he should be doing, what a woman is, what she should be doing, right? And so you get people that get together based on whatever, based on I like how they look, I like their personality, he make me laugh, she got a big butt. You get together for any number of reasons, right? And then when it comes to the real operation, the real chemistry, the real union, right? You find out that you're not compatible. And so this has been the devil's strategy. He says, I can't. Well, well really, he did do that. Right. But he, he did this steps along the way. So the first part of it is I cannot actually change 
the physical compatibility of a man and a woman. At least not in the beginning, he couldn't, right? He, he technically still can't. We're going to get to that in a minute. But he says, I can't change how men and women are physically built. Because when God designed man and woman, he designed them complementary. He designed them to complement each other. And they complemented each other, not just physically, but they were designed to complement each other in terms of attribute. Meaning that, the male has certain attributes that that will benefit the woman and the woman has certain attributes that will benefit the man. So what the devil's first strategy was, he said, OK, I can't actually get them to uh, not be what they are physically. But what I can do is I can change the thought process. I can begin to alter the definition or the roles of what a man and what a woman are designed to be. I can bring confusion to them. So what's happening today is a lot of people are still able to 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 copulate. They're still able to get together and 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 combine physically as a man and a woman physically that complement each other physically. But then when it comes to personality or better yet, like intrinsic value or, 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 or outlooks on life or all of these different type of things that really matter, people are not compatible. Okay. He successfully began to, to make men more feminine and he's began to make women more masculine over time to the point where uh, if you get somebody, they're going to be on any number of spectrum. And the thing about it is, even if he can make the man feminine and the woman masculine, you say, OK, well, now that should complement each other. It's not going to work. Because God is the one that designed it. So in order for it to function properly, it has to function according to how God designed it to function. It's like if I got some wires, you know, you might have a wire. If y'all remember those old TVs, you plug in your Xbox or something and you had a, a red one, a white one and a yellow one. The red had to go with the red. The white had to go with the white and the yellow had to go with the yellow. You couldn't mix and match them. But what the devil was able to do through these movements, right? The feminist movement, the sexual liberation movement. I'm going to tentatively use this term, the divorce movement. OK, the, 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 the hippie movement, the drug movement, all of these different ingredients created it to where he began to ask this question. Who says that you need a marriage? Why not just get a divorce? And then our generation said, well, they got a divorce. Why not just not even get married in the first place? <laughs> you know, like that's the logical way of thinking. If you're using a carnal mind and you don't have the word of God anchoring your integrity and your values. So there has to be an anchoring of your integrity. And, and that's why I believe in order for a lot of men to get married today, they have to have the conviction of God. Not all, but they have to have the conviction of God because men are logical creatures. And what they're going to do, and I can tell you, because this is exactly what I used to do, <laughs> a little working on me, but they're going to say this. They're going to say, okay, so 
what exactly do I gain from a marriage as a man? Now, if you're doing it God's way, you're going to gain a bunch of stuff. You're going to gain a, gain a help meet. Uh, you're going to gain sex. All right. You're going to gain a companion. You're going to gain someone to live with, someone to produce children with, probably much more. But if you if you don't have the conviction of God and you're just living out in the world and you're playing by the world's rules, guess what? You can get uh, you can get some help without being married today. You can get some sex without being married today. You can get some kids without being married today. Anything that a man would want from a marriage, if he wants it, he can get it without being married. Now you say, well, why would he not get married? Well, he's going to look at them statistics because he's logical and he's going to say, and I don't know if this is still true. We've been saying this for years. It probably is true. 50% of marriages end in divorce. So why would I take this risk to get taken to the cleaners? I've heard some guys say it this way. If you were told that you could jump out of a plane and skydive and your parachute had a 50% chance of opening, <laughs> you wouldn't do it. So what's happening is a lot of guys in the world are basically saying there's no upside to this. Why is that? It's because the 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 social moral fabric has eroded so much that there's no shame in anything that opposes the word of God. And because there's no shame, people can live like a heathen and basically not feel any type of way about it. So back in the day, it was just kind of like, you know, folks got married. That's what people did. I mean, most of the time, not always, but for just as we read in those statistics, let's bring it back up real quick. That's what folks did. So look at this statistic real quick. Once again, it says. Uh, OK. It's a long sentence. <laughs> it says other factors have been prevalent. In the 21st century, including declining religious beliefs of an, of adherence to marriage. That's what we're talking about. Lack of financial instability. So that's that's a, an interesting phrase. Let's pause on that for a second. Lack of financial instability. What that effectively means is that. The more people did not need one another the less they got with one another aka independence right you know how the devil always talks about uh independence in these songs and i'm an independent woman and all this type of stuff when people became independent it was kind of like you don't really need the opposite sex you know and i hate for it to be that way but <laughs> But but that's the way it kind of is being set up now, especially as a lot of power is being shifted around. So let's take the street I grew up on. I grew up on a street where and by the way, I'm going to put the link back on back in the chat in case anybody wants to join in this discussion. I grew up on a street of basically middle class married black folk. They were all boomers. Um, they were all married. 
I don't know how much they liked their marriages, but they were all married. And, um, you know, the, 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 the women, some of them were dependent on men. For example, there's a couple women on my mom's street. My mom still lives there. There's a couple women on her street that don't even drive, right? Uh, their husbands drove everywhere. There's a couple of them that were stay-at-home wives. I know at least one is a stay-at-home wife. I I'm not sure if the other one was a stay-at-home wife or not. Okay, and then you had a couple families like my mom and my dad. They both worked. But in order for them to have what they had, they needed to work. You know what I mean? But what we have now is... Like like me, I'm pretty much domesticated. I can do my laundry. I do the dishes. I cook. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because because I, I am independent. I don't boast in that, but I just am. In the same manner, you got women who are able to do certain things. If you don't know how to do it, you hire a man to do it, or you bat your eyes at a man about five times and, you know, wear your skirt like an inch, inch shorter. Whatever you got to do, the point is the men and women of our generation have adjusted in such a way where we're living apart from one another. Okay. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's what's happening. That's what's happening. Glory to God. Somebody is actually calling the Skype number and no, maybe the home number. I really don't know. Um, let me make sure y'all can hear me. Okay. Glory to God in the highest. I don't know who that was. I guess my stream's coming in good. I appreciate every now and then my stream go out, my sound go out. Somebody calls me. Thank you so much for that. Um, that's necessary. I keep my phone right here in case something come up that I don't notice right away. But I think that might have just been a spam number. Um, but what was I saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, folks basically don't need each other and even financially, you know, uh, that's just what it is. A lot of people are saying, I would rather just make it on my own. I'm going to be a baller, dude. I'm going to be a boss chick. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm grinding, right? And they say, I would rather do that and have my freedom than struggle with somebody or even combine with somebody because I still want my quote unquote freedom. Okay, it's just this whole idea of freedom. Everybody wants to be free and independent. So let's go back to this article real quick. Uh, I keep clicking the wrong article. So it says lack of financial instability and a shift toward, excuse me, and a shift and added a shift in attitude toward marriage and childbearing. We're going to have to tackle this one in a moment. A shift toward attitude. I can't read this phrase. That's how that's how wicked the phrase is. I can't even read it right. A shift in attitude toward marriage and childbearing. Now, where would that come from? Obviously, that came from the feminist movement. Somewhere along the line, right? Somebody told women that basically, if, if you just staying at home and having kids, you a sucker. <laughs> like you're not doing anything with, with your life. They've conditioned women to believe that they're, that that role is, is, is not valuable or that there's very little value to it. Okay. You just stand at home with the kids all day. You're not out here getting it, getting it for yourself. 
And I heard it put this way by a guy I watch. There's a guy on a Daily Wire named Michael Knowles. He put it this way. He said, you know, and, and by the way, he wasn't suggesting that, that a, a wife can't work or anything like that. The Proverbs 31 woman had a job. So let's just say that the Proverbs 31 woman had some income. But that being said, somewhere along the line, the feminist movement told women, and this is basically how he would put it, that it's more important for you to go to a job and churn out some widgets or work on some spreadsheets than it is to actually shape and mold your family. So what a man does is <laughs> uh, you have this family and then you send your wife out to go have leadership from some other guy. And then you pay to have some other people at a daycare actually raise your children. And so the idea becomes, <laughs> what's the point in that, right? Uh, you're sending your wife off to some other dude and then sending your kids off to some other people. And while that does not seem um, harmless on the surface, Personally, I believe that a lot of the reason that that morals are being left behind today is because the mothers are not nurturing the kids. Because when you send your child off to the state, especially today's state, the state is not going to care for your child the way that you are going to care for your child. Right. The state is not going to uh, give the amount of attention to your child that you can give. They can't bond with your child the way that you can. And then if they do bond with your child the way that you can, who knows what type of messages, what type of uh, indoctrination they're going to bring your child up in. And so we've gotten to this place where the roles have just been shifted and shifted and, and things are just going wrong. Right. And so it says, is there's a shift in attitude toward marriage and childbearing. Why would a woman not want to have a child? It's because she wants a career. It's simple as that. <laughs> I'm not saying a woman can't have a career, but what I'm saying is what we see often is a woman will have to make a decision between do I want to focus on my career or do I want to focus on a marriage and children? Because it's very hard to have both. It's possible, but one makes the other more difficult. So then it says, in 2006, half of U.S. adults said it was important to marry and have children together, compared to 29% in 2021. So you've lost almost 21 percentage points. Okay, you're down to 29% of people that think it's important to marry and have children together in a relatively short period of time, right? And so that's where things are. They have eroded so far that we don't even know what the, the, the roles of men and women are. And the, the fruit of that is that people now don't even know if they are a man or a woman. That's what it's gotten to. So what I'm going to do now, since everybody being shy and nobody wants to join the chat, I'm going to go to some of these comments real quick. And I'm just going to see what you guys are saying, because I do want to to hear folks opinions about this. There's so many layers to this. I could go in deep on this subject. Uh, 
but I want to see what you guys are saying. And if we got to do a part two, we will. Man, I'm asking that question tonight at the bottom of the screen. Why are marriage rates so low today? And right now, I'm just looking for comments and questions. I greet everybody in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory to God in the highest. Man, here's a comment from Sister D. Marriage requires trust that people don't have. There is no trust in God, no trust in each other. Folks don't even trust themselves. Wow. That is so important and that is so true. I feel like a lot of times today, folks have been through so much because what did we do? We bought into the lie. A lot of us bought into the lie and we went out here and we bought into the lie of those movements that I mentioned earlier, these agendas from the devil. And we've, we've dealt with consequences from them, hurt from them, heartbreak from them. And now everybody is walking around with the guard up. Everybody is walking around like, I'm going to get you before you get me. And so when you get to be my age in your thirties, uh, well, I don't know if I can't speak for everybody. I can just tell you my mindset. Um, it's almost to the point where you really, if you're quote unquote dating, you just want somebody that is actually serious and intentional about marriage. All the dating scene really is, is deciding who actually wants to get together and build something together establish a family together and leave a legacy versus who is still just going out, playing, having fun, having selfish ambition. That's all it really is. It's selfish people from serious people. Most of us, when we're growing up in the world and just out there doing our thing, we're just selfish people. Even if we don't realize it or not, we have no real intentions. You might think you want a boyfriend or something like that, but most people are just doing what they want to do. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's all it really boils down to. And so the question becomes, are you now serious? All right. Are you now serious? And also it, it moves to. And this is kind of where I am now, by the way, I'm not actively looking right. I personally feel like I need to be released from God for that. I got a whole bunch of things I'm working on. But conceptually, where I am with that is. I'm to the point now where, ah, oh man, how do I want to say this? I've heard enough married people say that marriage is work, that I'm not just looking for a, well, I'm not looking for a wife, but conceptually speaking, I'm not just looking for a wife. I'm looking for a worker. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm looking for a worker. And when I say worker, I don't mean like a slave. I got, I got to work too. OK, are we going to be because because see, here's the deal. Relationships are fun. Weddings are fun. Marriages are rewarding. And there's a huge difference between fun and rewarding. OK, fun is something that feels good all the time. Man, this is fun. <laughs> this is fun. You know, you with some fun, your eyes get big and you start going crazy. This is fun, right? That's fun. Rewarding is something that just by definition requires work up front because you're being rewarded. 
reward reward means that you have earned something, right? It means that you put some you put some skin in the game. And as a result of you putting some skin in the game, you now have something rewarding. You have something beautiful. You have something worth mentioning. Okay. You have a beautiful family. You have children. You have a legacy. You have a company that you and your wife build built. You have a high esteem amongst your peers, amongst your colleagues, right? You have a reflection of yourself. You have uh, a companion. You have someone to call your own, right? You have these rewarding things because you actually put skin in the game. So when you get to be around my age 30, you, you need somebody that's serious, somebody that's willing to work. All them tingly feelings, that's that's wonderful. I like tingly feelings. You know, I don't get them that much these days. You know, I, I think that's more of like a <laughs> infatuation thing that you grow out of. You know, I hope I get them. If I am assigned to have a wife, I hope I get little tinglies. But if I don't get little tinglies, that's okay. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's like I had I had some tingles. I've had tingles. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've tingled and lost. Okay. Uh, but that being said, that's kind of where we are with it. So that's that's a, that's a great point. Is folks are not walking into this with trust. A lot of folks in the world have no no concrete intentions. They don't have an end game. They just want to be validated for the moment. And that's why it's like, you know, kind of tough because if you're on a first date with somebody, in a way, you don't want to be like, okay, so are you trying to get married or not? Like, you don't want to be too forward. But at the same time, you don't want to waste time. So you need somebody that shares the same values as you. And when the values got scattered all across the board, it made it so that there was no commonality. Okay, the countercultural movement eroded the culture. So we don't have a cultural marital standard. Marriage used to be a man and a woman. Legally speaking, marriage can be a man and a man, a man and a woman, a woman that thinks she's a man. And a woman at, I mean, and a man that thinks he's a woman can even marry, right? <laughs> and that man that's a woman can get pregnant according to this society. But we know the real deal with that. So it's, it's basically it's confusion. If you wanted a one word answer to why the marriage race is so low today, confusion, confusion and selfishness, those two things. Sister Marcia says people got married during slavery and wars and the Great Depression. Come on now. Yeah, people got married back then. Right. And, and what they had was valuable. They had something that was substantial. Sister Brittany says, I also think people aren't getting married because most couples get all the benefits of marriage without actually tying the knot. Absolutely. Absolutely. People just want to have fun. Like, like it, marriage is a selfless act. It's giving. It's giving. And people don't want to give like that. Sister Kiki says, blur the lines. Absolutely. It wasn't the Brady Butch. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So this is an interesting comment. Sister D says, just model Cliff and Claire Huxtable. Hashtag raised by TV. Man, 
Now that shows you the power of imagery. The power of imagery that back then TV was decent enough to show you what it was supposed to look like. Man, I don't even have this, but I can go on TV and see what it's supposed to be. Can you do that with TV today? No, <laughs> you can't even you can't even get through a, a series today without them plopping up something on you. And I'm not trying to make this whole discussion about that. These agendas. But, you know, you watch one of these shows, the show start getting good. You get it. You, you, they got your hook. You into the season of the show. You don't finish season one. Soon as you cut on season two, they introduce a whole different character to you. <laughs> and you're like, man, I can't watch nothing without them trying to push these agendas down my throat. Sister Brittany says, I felt bewildered by all the, quote, divorce lawyer signs I saw on my first trip to NYC. Wasn't a Christian then, but I knew something was off with that. It's a travesty how getting a divorce is normalized. Yeah, it has become normalized. That that generation, like the boomer generation, they went through a lot of confusion, especially the women. There's something I talk about with a couple couple friends. I won't name names, but I notice a pattern. We all have boomer mothers. And all of our boomer mothers have really intense attitude problems. Or I don't even know if I want to say it's attitude problems, but it's like they're very bold in their personality, right? And I think the reason why that is, is because they were like the first generation that tried to do everything they had the 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 tradition of the his, the traditional values but then they had the radicalization of the rebellious movements so i feel as though a lot of them wrestled with the traditional values with the radical movements and then it forced them to try to do everything both mentally and sometimes physically like a lot of those women they got to be a housewife and they got to be a working wife at the same time. And they're effectively doing a job of two. OK, um, some of them became single mothers and then they got to do the job of, of, of two as completely the job of two. So every couple is entitled to their own balance. Uh, I'm not going to use that phrase that came to mind. I was going to say yin yang, but we're not going to say that. Every couple is entitled to their own balance, right? Uh, so y'all do what works for you. But God has established a way. And I really feel like the women of that generation, they got hit with everything. The women of this generation are a little bit different because they don't have the conviction of traditionalism. Culturally speaking, right? There's, there's, there's not a lot of pull that's uh, causing women to feel that they have to live a certain type of way. Doesn't put it like this: If Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion can make a song called WAP, and y'all know what WAP stands for, and it becomes Song of the Year, there is no shame at all when it comes to women, and a lot of that, admittedly, has to do with men. 
I was on my walk this week and I was just thinking about submission and why, why collectively in this country, it seems like the men have such a submission issue with women. Like women just don't want to submit. Some of them do. I'm talking generally speaking. And then I, it just hit me that are the men submitted to God? And that's a phrase that all that a whole lot of men hate when women say it. I don't like when women say it, but there's some truth to this when they say I'll submit to a man if you give me a man that's worth submitting to. Right now, the reason why I don't like that is because it's like <laughs> it's like saying you just want to do this when you want to do it. But biblically speaking, right, and, and, and based upon that revelation the Lord gave me. The. It is there is something within a woman that doesn't want to submit to her to him, excuse me, unless he is submitted to God. So when she says, I'll submit to a man if he give me something worth submitting to, what's worth submitting to? A man of integrity, a man of stature, a man of power. Where do men get these things? They get him from God, usually. To some degree, you can get that stuff out in the world. But like integrity, values, morality, th these are things that come from God. These are things that he's written on the hearts and minds of men. So uh, I get it. You know what I mean? Even if I don't like the see, the phrase don't bother me that much because personally, I don't think that's going to be an issue on my half. But like hearing it, of course, you know, if you want to get into these little battles, I don't like it. But I realize it's true. It's true. You got to give them something to submit to. Sister Marsha says adultery was normal in my family. Only the men in my family got a pass in that sin. And I will admit that's how I used to be. You know what I mean? They they had uh they had a couple things, right? Let's really get into this discussion. <laughs> they had a couple things. They had uh I forget the phrase for the men, but basically a guy would have two whole families and he would have like a family in Indiana and a family in Chicago. <laughs> and y'all didn't find out about each other till the funeral or like later on down the line or something like that. That was a real thing. You know, men have always kind of had something off to the side. Okay. That's a real thing. We're not going to pretend like it's not, but you also had daddy's no mommy's baby. Daddy's maybe, which was, we don't know if this is the, the, the dude, the husband's child, or if it's the milkman's child. Because what we got to realize is um, back then they needed one another way more. Families just needed one another more, especially women. Women needed men. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't as much opportunity. But now when you when when they have this much opportunity and the freedom to choose and the freedom to uh, be independent if they want we now see how that's being utilized, right? We see what, what's happening with that. And it's interesting because we even see a reflection reflected in the selection of men. So, uh, you know, I watch Kevin Samuels a lot. Well, I recently started watching Kevin Samuels more. Let me say that. I ain't gonna say I watch him a lot. I watch him enough to know what he thinks and stuff like that. And uh, I listen to the women and what they want. And it's like all of them want, you know, six feet, $100,000 or more, 
uh, I don't know, looks good or something like that. And he always hits them with facts. Okay, what you want statistically, you you look if you want a black man, he usually deals with mostly black people. Um, not only, but mostly, he'll say something to the effect of, "Well, statistically." the average salary of a black man is like $42,000 or something like that. And, and the type of man you want that makes that type of money is only like the top 3% of men. And then if you want them over six feet, that's only like the top X percent of men, the average man is this height. So he basically explains to them that what you're asking for is uh, unrealistic, you know, basically depending on, that particular woman and how he uses his ranking system and you can't use seven and all this stuff. Uh, but my point is what's happening. There's a lot of things that are happening, but the idea of tall, dark and handsome has always existed. That's an old phrase. Women have always loved tall, dark and handsome. But if you look on a street like mine, street like the street i grew up on i don't know if any of them dudes were strong were tall dark and handsome right <laughs> uh they might have been one of each you know what i mean like i think i don't know i can't even remember what they look like maybe one was tall dark and handsome you know but the other ones blue collar guys you know might look decent if you clean up and shave get a haircut you know what i mean but just dudes just guys working one of them short light skin and kind of pudgy you know but he and his wife got a family okay the other one was an alcoholic <laughs> you know the other one was a uh, retired um, uh, navy vet and a guy up the street short dark skin and you know kind of wild from what i remember other guy up the street fat he was kind of tall but he was fat dark skin my point is women back in the day got with a husband because it was like you need to grow up and get married and get you a husband and they they start a family with their husband maybe they felt like they were settling maybe they didn't i don't even know <laughs> but every now and then the milkman roll around okay that's your tall dark and handsome and and you have your little adultery and, and do that but the point i'm trying to make is women today because they have uh less need for marriage and more freedom to be uh and more freedom to 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 choose and access the minute they want and when i say access i don't mean access them for marriage i mean access them in the sense of okay i may not get a tall dark and handsome man to marry me but i can sleep with one okay if i go to the club and he have a couple of drinks i have a couple of drinks and you know, we have a one night stand. I can experience tall, dark and handsome without actually uh, being committed to tall, dark and handsome. The challenge with that is uh, the way women are wired. They're just, there's this thing called hypergamy, which basically means once this standard has been set in your mind, you view that as the optimal male that you can get. Like that's that's the wiring. OK. And so you have this standard of what you want right but even though you got that physically those men may not necessarily want to marry you 
So then when you finally do want to settle down and get married, which the fact that we have a phenomena of women settling down is amazing in and of itself. But when you do finally decide that you want to settle down and get married, okay, it's going to feel like you're settling <laughs> when you deal with this five foot seven uh, light skinned man who works at a bakery. Okay. Let me stop talking about my neighbors. <laughs> I like my neighbors. Okay. But it's going to feel that way. Okay. Because you have exposed yourself to, to, to something. And so now that you have this uh, idol that's in your mind, it's hard for you to look at your husband with reverence. It's hard for you to revere him when you have somebody else in your mind that's already higher than him. Interestingly enough, the Bible talks about how I think Paul, Peter or Paul said this. They said um, he was talking to the women of God. He said, you are daughters of Abraham. See, my, my bad. You are daughters of Sarah who called Abraham Lord. OK, <laughs> and sometimes I read that scripture. And by the way, I, I'm not going to ask or require or even expect my uh, wife to call me Lord. I don't necessarily need that. But sometimes I look at that scripture. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I'm immature. My bad. I'm immature. By the way, link is in the description if y'all want to join in. But sometimes I look at that scripture <laughs> and I'm like, man, how many women would actually call their husbands Lord today? You know, they like, like, do they really do they really view their husband that way? Because the word Lord means owner. When we say Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, what we're saying is I belong to Jesus Christ. And ultimately in a marriage, that's what men ultimately want. Men want a wife that belongs to them. And that's the challenge that a lot of men feel like they have today. They don't, they, they don't get the sense that, um, that this woman can or is willing to belong to me. There's so much competing for that. You got to compete with uh, the job. You got to compete with the work husband. You got to compete with uh, the, the, the friends who ain't got no man. You got to compete with uh, her past, her baggage, all of these different type of things, right? Um, can she actually belong to him? And then, the Bible even also says husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church. And then it says wives revere your husbands. And I think Gary Price said this, that word revere in the Bible, it actually means to be in awe of. Like when you look at this guy, you're supposed to look at him like, <laughs> sorry, I'm immature. <laughs> this is just so funny. You're supposed to look at him like, like, wow, like that's my husband. Now, that's not what's funny about it. What's funny about it is just thinking about the way it's supposed to be versus how a lot of women probably look at their man now. You know, there's a, a funny joke that me and Sister Torrance laugh at. Some of y'all might have seen this, but it's like, it's stupid. I'm going to have to come back and put the link in. I'm not going to do it justice. But this guy was on the, uh, <laughs> he was on the Steve Wilco show. And this dude was abusing his girlfriend and Steve looked at her and he was like, this is your man. And she's like, yes, 
<laughs> and then they showed the man, <laughs> and the man was like slumped over in the seat like this. He was thugged out. He was like, I can't even do it. He was just like this. Steve was like, this is your man. She's like, yeah. And then they showed the man, and he was just like this mean mugging. <laughs> he, I mean, he was slumped all the way down in the seat. Oh, man. I worked out this week. That's why I shouldn't work out. I can't even get back up. But anyway, my point is, uh, it the Bible calls for women to be in awe. Sometimes, you know, I can't blame them. <laughs> I can't blame them. But man, uh, God is still good. God is so good. Okay, God is so good. Let's keep going with these comments. Be of good cheer says marriage is supposed to be a godly thing, but marriage of convenience is most popular kind of marriage. That's the thing. People are looking at it as what can I get out of this? How does this benefit me? My mindset now is like, am I willing to work and who is willing to work? You know, and I'm I'm expecting if I'm being honest, I'm expecting some fun. You know what I mean? I'm expecting some fun. But instead of me going into it like it's going to be fun and then I'm getting upset when the work comes, I'm looking at it like, OK, God gave me a purpose over my life. He want to give me somebody that's going to help and she has purpose in her life and we can potentially build a legacy of family if that's the Lord's will. And then I, and, and, and that's the focus. And then all the fun is the icing on the cake, even though I'm not big on icing on cake, but you know, if you got some of that mild, you know, we don't always whip the buttercream, but the icing is not too sweet. That's the icing on the cake. Right. Um, but either way it's rewarding. So these are some good comments, man. Um, great comments. B says divorce is a scary word. God hates divorce for the destruction and chaos it may bring. Divorce affects everyone, including the house pet. It's <laughs> sad, man. That's interesting. I didn't even think about the pet, but you got a good point. Sister Nicole says, it's funny how you're talking about this right now, literally right after my recent conversation. Go figure, go figure. Sister Stephanie says, yes, complimentary, not competition. Yeah. Yeah, folks got to compliment each other. A man, don't, a real man don't want to be with a, with, a, with a masculine person and a real woman doesn't want to be with a feminine person. You want somebody that's going to offset you and compliment you. Brittany says the roles are flipped between man and woman. And 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 to show how much this has eroded, I gotta find a statistic. But there was some crazy statistic of Gen Z and how many of Gen Z identify as LGBT. And I'm saying this to say the more that the the genders and stuff erode the more we're going to get these type of results. So this came out sometime around February of this year. There was a study by Axios. Is that what they say? I'm not sure who did the study, but it says one in five, which is 
of Gen Z adults. So I just noticed this when it says adults, it's saying like folks grown, not people that are going through a phase. There might be a phase, a phase they didn't grow out of. Who knows? But the point I'm trying to make is if they're saying adults, that means 18 and older. One in five Gen Z adults identifies as LGBTQ. Gallup find. So it was a Gallup study. G-A-L-L-U-P. So basically, um, Satan, who doesn't like humanity, he's that's why he's all for this. He's all for that because he knows that a man and a man cannot reproduce and a woman and a woman cannot reproduce. He also knows that he thrives in confusion. OK, and he also knows that, um, you know, if I can mutilate these kids Guess what we cannot do? We cannot do the first commandment that God told us to do, which is to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. He's trying to stop that. You want to get down to, to what's really happening? Get down to the word of God. Get down to the word of God. Marsha says, I absolutely love marriage. It's one of the most godly institutions and miracle next to childbirth. I love seeing people make it work with God. It's so interesting that you call marriage a miracle because I do see it a bit as a miracle. I just think about, I think about humans and I shouldn't think that I'm trying to think this way less, but I think about how many people get on my nerves. And I also think about relationships and I think about how it's so difficult for two people to just get together and function. There are a lot of successful marriages, but there's a lot more failed relationships and marriages because two people could not get together and simply function. And so then I think about God and I'm like, God, you love us. Like not just, it's not like God is loving one of us. He loves all of us despite our flaws. Like all of us. I can, God has enough reason to just not love me, but he chooses to love me because he is love. But just me alone, I can see why he would throw in a towel. <laughs> but then it's like to love all of humanity. It shows you that he really is love. It's a miracle Right. That God is love. But then us, he says, OK, y'all just y'all two. you learn him and you learn her and y'all two get together and y'all y'all function, y'all make it work. And it's hard for a lot. It's hard from what I've heard. <laughs> I mean, but just in a relationship, sometimes it can be hard. It's because you got to be divested of self. I got to get rid of self. I like I like being able to do my own thing. I like being able to, you know what I'm saying, like lounge around and watch what I want to watch and do what I want to do. And I love my personal space. I love my me time. You know what I mean? So sometimes I wonder, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I really value my me time, you know? But at the same time, I'm like, man, if I end up living a full life, do I want to really live a full life alone like the whole time? So if I live to be like 70, 80, 90 or something like that, 100, then, um, 
you know, if it's the Lord's will, I'd like to get married. Not saying I'm waiting until then, but, you know, he'll do whatever he wants to do. Brittany says marriage is such a beautiful thing. I didn't recognize his beauty when I was in the world. Now, that's interesting, Brittany, because even in the world. OK, now you, you just open up a can of worms. I'm going to say this phrase and then I'm going to contradict it right after I say it. Even in the world, women like marriage. Now, let me rewind it and contradict it. I think all women like weddings and validation. And they like uh, not having reproach, right? Uh, we'll just, we'll, we'll lump that in with validation. So I think all women love weddings and validation, which are fun. They are, they feel good. Do women really love marriage in the world or even in the church and men too? Do, do they really love marriage? Because marriage is the actual operation of that union. It's the actual day in and day out. It's the actual, okay, looking at the same person every morning. Okay, learning their mannerisms, not being able to just up and take a girl's trip whenever you feel like it, not being able to just go with the fellas and just hit up the pool hall and smoke some cigars whenever you feel like it. You know what I mean? Not not being able to just be friendly with the opposite sex just when you feel like it, not being able to gain validation from other people. Okay. When just because you want it, not being able to be with other people physically, just because you may want that. Marriage is a union. Okay. Not, not being a, uh, able to be the steward over all of your decision making. You have to make decisions as a union, as a collective. Okay. It's, it's, it's different. It's a different type of type of thing. I ain't gonna call it an animal. It's a different type of thing. You know what I mean? So I think so it's interesting, Brittany, that you are saying, and maybe if you're still on, you can elaborate on that a teeny bit. You're saying in the world, even as a woman, you didn't uh recognize the beauty of marriage, you know. And maybe I guess you didn't say you didn't want it. You're just saying you didn't recognize the beauty of it. But man, um, yeah, most of the women that call in Kevin Samuels, I just be like, she don't even really want to get married for real. She just like she just thinks she want to get married. A lot of women just think they want to get married, but what it actually requires, it's almost like somebody thinking that they want to be Beyonce or Michael Jackson, or you think you want to make, you want to go to the NBA. In a way you do, but you're not really thinking about what it takes. You're not really thinking about the fact that you can't go out and go to the grocery store and, and, and pick up a box of oranges, a bag of oranges whenever you want. You're not really thinking about the fact that you can't even use the restroom without somebody wanting an autograph or paparazzi taking a picture of you just when you leave out the house to go for a jog. 
you're not thinking about the concerts that you got to do week in and week out. You're not thinking about the fact that you're not entitled to mistakes. You know, somebody else trip up and fall, whatever, laugh it off. You trip up and fall and fall. It's on the cover of Newsweek or something like that. You're not thinking about that. You're thinking about the glory. You're thinking about the, 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 like, I don't even want to call it the fruit, but you're thinking about the, the glamour of it all, but not the actual work. So I think a lot of folks don't need, like, they think they want it, but they don't even want it for real. Money says, I feel the problem is that there is are less godly marriages and less of a moral code. I would agree with that. Marsha says, marriage, when done right, basically when done with God, benefits the generations that come afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Man. When you're married, sometimes you don't see the fruit of your marriage until you see it in your adult children. And then you're happy that you stuck it out. Wow. That's a powerful comment. Marsha goes on to say, I wish I was speaking about myself. I'm only speaking from what I've observed. Yeah. You know, this stuff, it's it's not always picture perfect. Regardless, we all go through different things and it's all sorts of stuff, you know, but we make do. You know, we get it there. I see my man Nate join. Let me hurry up and get down to his comments. <laughs> God bless everybody that's joining in. Oh, it's a lot more comments, man. Okay. So I'm just going to start from right here in the, in the interest of time. Jesus Christ from Nazareth's daughter says, I grew up in house with mommy and daddy, normal husband and wife family. I grew up in the Catholic church as a young girl it was school church that that's it. My dad was very strict. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The upbringing really does play a role. Definitely. Sister Constance says selfishness, no heart for the truth. Greed is in the heart. Want more than you can really handle. There are people that's rich. I can't even have, I, I, and my bad. They are people that's rich. I can't even handle life. It's a lot that's said there, sister. There's a lot said there. Absolutely. Man. There's so many dynamics in this in this thing, man. We 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 just scratching the surface, honestly. Moni says, because people didn't sin, didn't didn't send flaunt back then. A lot of us were oblivious to the things that were going on. Now it's all out in the open. And that's the thing. Man has always been sinful, but there was like a right and wrong. Everybody had this agreement of right and wrong. And we had this idea of, uh, even if I, even if I'm not living right, I know how I'm supposed to be living. Now there's just a rejection of right and wrong overall by you know the uh, vast culture right it doesn't matter what job you have once you're supporting your family once it's legal and in right terms yeah uh Brittany says women don't want to submit but sometimes it's hard to submit to an abusive selfish and even feminine and even feminine men well i agree of course, the natural thing that all logical men are going to say is, well, you just got to, 
<laughs> like you got to learn, you know, why get with a man like that. Right. Um, of course, we learn people as we go. But at the same time, we, you know, we got to have some discernment. We got to choose, you know. See, back in the day, uh, the, the, the father literally gave his wife away. Excuse me, not his wife, excuse me. The father literally gave his daughter away to be a wife. So what you had was a man who understood men and he valued his daughter and he gave his daughter to another man that he viewed as a good, as a potentially good steward over his daughter. Okay. So that's, we still do this today in weddings, even though people probably don't understand what it means. The father walks down the aisle. He gives his daughter away to the husband. He's basically saying, you are now the leader of my prized possession, my precious daughter. I'm trusting you to lead her and, and to be a husband, right? To be the head of that household. I'm trusting you to do that. Um, now, everybody just choose who they want, male or female. So we all make decisions. And the question becomes, what are we basing that decision on? Especially looking for a man, if you haven't even seen a man in the house, now you have no immediate frame of reference of what a man even is. So then when you when you look when you're looking for a man, you're going to be looking and, and men do this too with men in terms of father figures. You're going to be looking, okay, what does a man look like? And who's the first person that the devil put in your face? Gucci Mane, <laughs> Lil Wayne, Jay-Z, right? Um, it's getting even worse now. I don't even know these folks now, but he's putting like the, the, the worst example of a man in your face. Okay. And now you have, this is the, okay. Apparently this is what a man is. A lot of these guys have a lot of bravado, a lot of uh, mas masculine um, drive, right? So, you, you know, you say, okay, that must be what a man looks like. That must be what a man is. That's what you pursue. Then not talking about you, Brittany, but then the woman finds out that he's uh, abusive, selfish, and feminine, okay? Built masculine, you know, can fight, but emotional, you know, cracks under pressure, can't control his emotions, ends up hitting a woman. These type of guys. Brittany says men should be equipped to lead the home in a marriage, but shouldn't be too domineering. Yeah. Um. <laughs> somebody laughing at that still Steve Wilkos thing. <laughs> oh, that's just so funny. I got y'all got to see what I'm talking about. Yeah, Stephanie said, Will, can she actually belong to her husband? I mean, you got to think about, like, what, what do people really want? You know what I mean? What do people really want? And people can get it one of two ways. You know, I was thinking about this earlier today. It's like women want provision and they want, well, they want a lot of things, but they want provision 
and they want attention. Okay. Whole lot more, but let's just go with these two things. Cause these are things that, that is like seem to be the most prevalent back in the day. If you wanted provision and attention, you got that from your husband today, because there are no moral, uh, I don't, no moral, uh, not even compass or, or obligation, but like um, no conviction. There's no moral conviction to to have to be with one man. What a lot of women are doing today is they're 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 crowdfunding the things that they need. So instead of me having one man that I'm in a marriage with him and he does his his role as a husband, now I just go on Instagram and I. Uh, maybe I started OnlyFans and I have multiple men giving me a lot of money, okay, and taking me on trips and giving me a lot of attention and so-called validating me and, you know, providing me resources. And so it becomes a crowdfunding effort. I'll take a little piece of a man here, a little piece of a man here, a piece of a man there, and piece of a man here and get a little bit of his money, a little bit of his money. And I got a subscriber over here. And when they come together... She has the the attention she wants, supposedly. She has the money she wants. And she also doesn't have the obligations of being a wife or any type of obligation of loyalty to anybody. Same thing with men. Men, you know, okay, I like the way she cook and I got my girlfriend and, you know, I go out in public with her and I got a side chick over here and, you know, me and her not committed. And so everybody just has this uh, lack of conviction. You know, it's like what makes somebody feel obligated to marry? What makes somebody human? The difference between a human and an animal is the fact that a human has a conscience that's given by God that we're supposed to live by. But an animal, which is a beast, a.k.a. the mark of the beast, is somebody that's only governed by their appetites. So all I want is what I want in terms of my appetite. And, and we all have an appetite, but what, what counters... Our appetite, the Bible says that the spirit and the flesh wrestle against each other. What comes against our appetite is the conviction of being a human. The conviction of having a moral frame of reference that God gives me, the conviction of right and wrong that I gain from God. That's what actually makes us human. But when you take away that conviction, what you have now is everybody acting like animals. So I can sleep with her. I can sleep with him. I'm a dog. I'm a dog. I'm a dog. And I don't even care. Okay. And then the women, they can't, well, now nah, they can brag about it because they got WAP. But um, they may not brag about it as much or as openly, but it's the same concept. They just conduct themselves like animals. And so that's what makes us human. The fact, you know, animals just sleep with each other frivolously. And if they see one, they'll fight over it. And, and whoever wins that fight, that's just that animal, right? But we're supposed to be something more elevated. We're not supposed to abide by that base nature. We're supposed to, to, to strive to live a more elevated existence. But you got to have conviction to do that. Otherwise, we're just always given to our appetites. 
Sister D is celebrating 10 years of marriage. Praise the Lord. And that's what we need. We need to see couples that are doing it the right way. You know, maybe one day, Lord willing, I might be able to get a couple on here. And um, instead of us, <laughs> instead of us sitting up here complaining about it for an hour and a half, we can get somebody actually, <laughs> actually give us some semblance of hope. Amen. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Let me get through these comments. Man, God is just so good. Let me see here real quick. Okay, we're going to pick it up right here. Forgive me if I don't get to your comments. Brittany says it's sad, but I feel some young women these days have an attitude of, quote, I don't need you toward men, but they're looking for a ring. No man will want to lock down a woman that doesn't need them. Yeah, that independent woman stuff, that was just another piece of fruit that the serpent gave and a lot of women bit it. It's a big turnoff for men. If you don't need me, then you don't need me. Simple as that. You know, uh, so that's that. I agree with you. <laughs> and they say he would have called in. He's going to act childish. Yeah, see, Nate, Nate, getting that, Nate, is, Nate is getting that good marriage counseling right now. Um, pre Premarital counseling, excuse me. So he could have came in and weighed on this. But I'm going to leave him alone now. It's, it's 8.30. Glory to God in the highest. <laughs> Don't egg him on, Moni. <laughs> Call in, please, Nate. Don't egg him on. <laughs> I ain't getting in no trouble tonight. I'm probably already in trouble. Man, uh, where are we? Sister Corinne says, if you can't love like Jesus Christ, you're not ready for marriage. Woo! You didn't say something right there, sister. My goodness. Yeah, there is no me in marriage. Wow. Man, oh man. Sister Nishi in the house. Glory to God, man. I tell you, man, like, and then and then it's like, is there even a, a there's is there even a stigma around not being married these days? I was telling somebody I kind of want to get married only literally. And this is this is not the reason why I should want this. It's a horrible reason to want to get married. But I kind of want to get married so people can stop trying to hook me up. <laughs> like, I know that's the probably the last reason why you should want it. But I literally am kind of at this place where it's like. I'm a bachelor. I'm living for the Lord. I'm established. So the, the the deal is everybody looks at you like, why aren't you married? And so I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I got issues. Maybe I'm supposed to be single. I don't know. But but you kind of get to this place where um, folks just try to hook you up, you know, or I heard somebody talking about this earlier today. You go to the Thanksgiving cookout and maybe you're a woman or a guy and they say, why aren't you married yet? Or when you going to get married and when you going to have kids. And so you as a woman of God, you can't just have kids willy nilly like other women. So you're like, I don't know. I guess I'll have the kids when I get married <laughs> and I guess I'll get married when God sends them. Right. Um, we don't have the luck. We're, it's like we're the only people that still have the stigma because we still retain the conviction. The, 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 the dude that's my age, that's just out there 
uh, in the field, you know what I mean? Just just uh, sowing his royal oats. They're not getting asked these questions that I'm getting asked because people know, like, you ain't getting married no time. So you all here, <laughs> you all here knocking them down. Like, that's the last thing that's on your mind. They don't expect that from them or these women that are um, just any kind of way. Their relatives know not to. Ask. First of all, they probably already got kids. And then their family know not to ask them when they get get married because their family know they ain't get married no time soon. They they just know, <laughs> they know. But then us who are like the last of a dying breed of people who actually have some conviction about this subject, we get all of the harassment. I just say I'm not complaining. So yeah, I just want to kind of like get it out the way if that makes sense. And that's and see, I'm and I'm not advertising or nothing like that. That's really why I don't talk about this subject too much anyway. Cause I don't want to come over here and make it look like a big commercial or something like this. <clears throat> but usually by the time I get finished talking about it, y'all probably be like, uh, <laughs> he ain't ready anyway. Or, you know what I mean? Like he he need to get his mind right. Uh Jesus Christ of Nazareth daughter says it's good being a wife when married to a good godly man. Amen. Man, um, I believe I believe a few things, and I'm gonna say this before we close out. I do believe that God is going to be putting together some godly marriages this year. Once 2022 started, I, I just kind of had that impression that God was gonna have a lot of kingdom marriages this year. I'm not saying it's you. I ain't one of these people that's gonna preach or prophesy you happy, but what I'm saying is in general. I think the Lord is going to start bringing a lot of people together. Um, and I also see a lot of ministries that are coming together and discussing marriage. You know, Pastor Bolden is somebody who I, I think now he's he's going to be more on the extreme side about the way he runs his marriage because he runs his marriage. But he talks a lot about marriage. And there's another brother named Brother Chavis. He has a, a ministry. I don't watch his stuff all the time, but I'm going to briefly put his link in here because he started doing live streams or podcasts about marriage. And they had one last night. I'm going to throw his link in here. Don't tell him I sent you because like he kind of know me, but he already like know me like that. I don't know who know me and who don't know me, but I know like he and I have not really talked like that. But anyway, I like him because he's a brother in the Lord and he's been married now for probably at least like four or five years. And they had a discussion about the marriage bed last night. I didn't watch the whole thing, so I'm not endorsing it just yet. I just watched bits and pieces of it. But they were talking about some questions I really had because I really, I really, I really, um, don't know if I fully understand the concept of like sanctified sex, right? <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. We're not gonna start this conversation for for a lot of reasons. One, we already well into this discussion. I'm not trying to add 30 more minutes to it. Um, but yeah, it's 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 like a weird concept for me to think of. I guess because like in my mind, maybe because I used to do it illegally out in the world. You know what I mean? In my mind, it's just it's hard for me to uh, to reconcile that. I mean, I know it exists, 
But anyway, they were talking about that on Brother Chavis's channel. Um, small channel right now. But if y'all want to check out that discussion, you can if you want. And let me know what you think about it. I haven't even watched the whole thing once again. But let me get through the rest of these comments. Uh, man, this is a powerful statement. Sister D says, wife is a calling. Wow. And Oh, and a choosing. My, my, my. Y'all saying some deep stuff tonight. Brittany says, women may like the idea or the ideal of marriage. Man. Stephanie says, you have to be a wife before getting married. Interesting. Man, some, some powerful points in here tonight. Sister Nishi says, yes, they like the idea of it, the glitz and glamour. Wow. I mean, why wouldn't you, though, as a woman, you get a whole day basically devoted to you? <laughs> <laughs> and American women, some of y'all shortchanging your marriages because I had a coworker, they, they're an Indian family and, and her daughter was getting married. One of my coworkers' daughter was getting married and they had an Indian wedding. She said they had an elephant. <laughs> I was like, what in the world? She said them Indian weddings be expensive. Um, but the American weddings get up there too. But just imagine like like you having a wedding and riding in in a parade and you on an elephant <laughs> or a fancy car. If they don't use an elephant, they use a luxurious car. Brittany says the other issue is that some people rush into marriage. I think the first step is to know what a godly marriage entails and what is required of you before you get married. Wow. Uh, we might have to have a part two on this because 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 we are y'all done drop some some dimes on me. Jesus Christ Nazareth's daughter says, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, nor striker, not greedy, of filthy lucre, but patient. Man. Constance says, as of this year, 30 years marriage, and you have to have a heart for God to hear and to stand no matter what people flash in the way. But congratulations on that, sister. That's a powerful testimony. Man, 30 years of marriage. Praise the Lord. Man. Here's another scripture. Even so must their wives be grave, not slanderers, sober, faithful in all things, let not the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. I think it's just so important that we put the scriptures in here because at the end of the day, God is the one who created marriage. So he's the one that tells us what our roles in the marriage are. And one of the things I always say is the easiest way to get a man is just, just be a woman. Right. If you do those, all you got to do is just be a woman and you'll get a man. But. There's so much to that. Where do we go to find out what is a man? What is a woman? We go to the word of God. The problem is sometimes there's things in the word of God that our flesh doesn't like. If you're a man of God and the Bible says you got to love your wife like Christ loved the church. 
you're looking at that like, man, am I capable of that? If you're a woman of God uh, and, and you read the Bible and a woman say a woman of God is supposed to be shame faced. <laughs> if you read the King James version, you ain't going to like that word. OK, what is what does that mean? Shame faced. OK, shame faced. What's the deal with that? Right. Uh, so anyway. Yeah, just be a man, just be a woman. Simple as that. Half of salvation, Gary Price say, is just being restored back to your proper, your proper role as man or woman. Here's another scripture. In like manner also, that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness. Oh, see, she got to it before I got to it. Look at the look at the Lord with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array. But which becometh women professing godliness. I don't see the end of it, but I know it said godliness at the end of that verse. Yeah. So um, basically the haughtiness, God doesn't like that haughtiness. When he was talking to the daughters of Zion, he said, I'm going to. He said, you got outstretched necks and tinkling, tinkling brass. He was talking about their jewelry and the way they clink when they walk and they got outstretched necks because they were proud. And he said, I'm going to strike you with baldness and I'm going to take your glory away and I'm going to lift up your skirt. It's all these different type of things that he was saying to them because it was that haughtiness that basically bad chicks. And he was talking about that. I think it might have been in the book of Isaiah. Sister Tatiana says, I have so much to say, LOL, I need to call in, but I'm at my daughter's basketball tournament. Enjoy the game, sister. We'll do a part two, Lord willing. Last, uh, one other scripture. The age women likewise that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine. But these women today love some brunch. It's a love some mimosas. Not given to much wine, teachers of good things that they may teach the young women to be sober. Where is the mentorship in the church, male and female? That's going to be a solid talk coming up. Don't let me forget it. Uh, yeah, animals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was out there acting like an animal. And the thing is, when you're in the world and you're an animal, you don't even be like ashamed of being an animal. You just be like, I'm an animal. But you get more animalistic as you get more debased like the deeper you go into it the more the less the less shame you have like the first time you do something you ain't supposed to do or you know whatever you you feel a certain type of way about it but the way perversion works is it gets it continues to erode it gets worse and worse so not the continuation of that scripture that they may teach the young women to be sober to love their husbands so you gotta it's funny it's interesting that that older women have to teach younger women to be sober and to love their husbands. Is love something that we have to learn to love their children? Do, do we have to be taught to love our husband and our children? Okay. What does that mean? We got to explore this more. If love is a feeling, why, why do you need to teach it to me? It's because love is not just a feeling. Love is an action. Love is just as much of a verb as it is a noun, probably more of a verb than it is a noun. So it's, it is something that has to be taught. You know why we're able to love 
anybody because Christ first loved us. So God loving us so much that he sent this son, his only begotten son, that that taught us what love is. That showed us what love is. And so now we can actually go out, right? And we can, we're capable of loving others because Christ showed it to us. Constance says that not all married women, it's hard to try to juggle all these men will have, all these men will have consequences behind it. Man. Brittany says, yeah, it seems like a lot of secular people believe we are highly evolved animals and ought to act accordingly. I'm so happy to know the truth through what God revealed in his word. Yeah. Another discussion, but yeah, that's the reason behind all these other agendas is people want the freedom to act like animals. Man, God says we are more valuable than rubies. Wow. This is amazing. Marsha, just because uh, just make sure you get a place big enough for a he cave and a she cave so you both can what so you both can what you have your own me time. Yeah, uh that's just so interesting to me. You know what I mean? Y'all know I be watching brother Bolden. He don't believe in like a man cave and me time and all that. He does everything with his wife. And you know, he really does see that as his companion. And when I was out in the world, I definitely was like a man cave type person. But I'm just thinking like, I don't know, it seemed kind of cool. The fact that he just loved doing stuff with his wife, like, <laughs> you know, but that being said, realistically speaking, I mean, I get it. That might just be him. He might have that grace over his life and over his marriage, you know. But but I think it's kind of cool, like just the fact that he want to do everything with her all the time. I think I, I would almost like in a way I want to say I want that. But then I'm like, I don't know if I really want that. You know what I mean? But if you want it and you get it, then you'll want it. If that makes sense. Now, let me get ready to get up off here because I'm talking crazy now. Yeah, children are a blessing no matter how they come. Uh, yeah, 2022, more unions in Jesus' name. I do believe it. I see it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you got to flush, flush that out. Don't bring it into your marriage. I guess talking about baggage. What if you marry a virgin? I can't remember what I, oh, with no experience. Uh, I can't remember what I was talking about. Maybe it was like the concept of, um, sanctified sex. You know what I mean? Uh, that's, uh, that's kind of a personal question. I mean, if, if God give a dude a virgin, that's like a gift from God. Cause that is extremely rare. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about that. I'm just going to leave it alone for now, but I think that's cool. I'm not really too worried about experience. You know what I mean? Like I feel as though I feel as though God designed men, man, man and woman and man and woman will figure it out. You know what I mean? Like 
the whole, I, I think especially when it comes to like women, the whole idea of experience is a little bit overrated. You know what I mean? Because it's like, anyway, I think it's just a teeny bit overrated. And then it's like, well, how do you get experience? Experience by definition is the fact that some other man taught that woman. So why couldn't you just teach the woman what you want her to do in the marriage and build her experience instead of worried about somebody who has already been trained by some other man? And then she comes into this. And <laughs> she, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm immature. <laughs> My bad. I'm so immature. All right, it's time for me to get off. But she comes into this marriage <laughs> like <laughs> with like 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 phenomenal experience. <laughs> <laughs> just phenomenal experience like 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 stuff you've just never even conceived in your mind and then on the one hand you might be like hey this is cool but then on the other hand you might be like wow you have just it's like if you come to a job interview and somebody just got like a resume that just blows you out the water it's like man this is uh quite the experience <laughs> <laughs> but but then it's like you think about it it's like well i didn't okay like okay i get the somewhat of the benefits of this experience but there's something that came with that experience anyway i'm gonna get off that point but to answer your question it doesn't really matter to me if i marry a virgin um personally i don't think i met my sexual prime so i wouldn't want to marry a virgin because i'd be like dang you waited for like <laughs> Like this line to have sex. Um, should have got me when I was like, you know, in my twenties. I'm like 38 now. But anyway, I can work out and all that. Moni says, How does someone know if they're called to marriage? Interesting question. That's a good question. And they says, I also don't know who wrote this because the message disappeared. Okay. But someone said, No man wants a woman that feels she does not need a man. Yeah, I think I saw that comment. Um, the fact of spend the rest of your life with one person is truly amazing. Wow. That is amazing. It is amazing. And I think about that sometimes. I'll be like, that's amazing. But then at the same time, like out in the world, I, I didn't see it as amazing. I saw it as something different. But. But the fact that you can actually build something with someone and spend your life with them is amazing. And there's also a gravity to that. D says, fun fact, my son is presently in the living room watching a Cosby show on DVD. We love the Huxtables generationally. It's a great show. It's a great show. Can you love her when she gain weight? <laughs> <laughs> you should be able to absolutely <laughs> i got a buddy he likes slim girls under the assumption that they're going to gain weight and get thick so guys think like that sometimes you know we think we're long-term thinkers so we definitely factor those type of things in um but should the weight be contingent on that i mean should the love be contingent on that it shouldn't you know but is it important to keep yourself up? It is definitely when they don't behave. Wow. Some good questions. 
And they said, I don't need a man cave, I don't think. So it goes on to say, I love my wife. Of course, I'll need some space every now and then, but I don't think I need a whole space dedicated to myself. I'm going to love my wife. Yeah. If you have a friendship with your wife, you should be able to enjoy time alone. Yeah. I mean, see, every couple got to gotta, gotta figure out what works for them. You know, God does have an idea and a portrait of marriage, but even within that portrait, we're still free to be individuals. We're still free to have our own personalities. We're still free to have a godly marriage that doesn't look like somebody else's godly marriage. You know, some things are going to be the same, but, uh, but a whole bunch of godly marriages are completely different and they're still godly. You know what I mean? They still have the godly structure, but they just do stuff different. And there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, y'all ain't going to be no swingers or nothing like that. Ain't no godly marriage where y'all doing nothing crazy like that. But in terms of how y'all run y'all marriage, that's up to y'all. Man, here's the scripture. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence. That's one of my favorite uh, scriptures in the Bible, <laughs> phrases in the Bible, due benevolence. And likewise, also the wife unto the husband. Yeah, if I ever do get a wife, I'm going to have time for some of that due benevolence. <laughs> okay, let's see. Marcia says, I want a she cave because I do like my solitude at times. Understandable. Nate says, yeah, sex will figure it out. Experience is definitely overrated. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there's so much. This is an interesting comment. I hate it came so late. Ashkenazi says, in my humble opinion, you must date at least two years to weed out the tears from being your potential husband. Oh, okay, it's not as controversial as I thought. I thought you were saying that you need to date a person for two years before you marry them, but I didn't read the full thing. You're saying that you have to go out there and date people to be able to see who's for real and who's not. That's interesting as well. It's interesting just the idea of dating and courtship and stuff like that. Yes, yeah, for a lifetime, not for a moment in time. Isaac and Rebecca, or Rebecca and Isaac. Stephanie says, people who are called to singleness are graced by God with peace and contentment to do so. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Bible, I don't know the Bible calls it this, but it's called the gift of singleness. That's a heck of a gift, right? <laughs> like imagine God, God saying, okay, I'm gonna give you a gift. And he, Oh God, it's a gift. I can't wait to see this. And then he handed it to you. <laughs> Behold singleness. <laughs> He's like, like, wait, this, this is a gift. <laughs> All right, it's time for me to get off for real. It's time for me to get off for real. Man. Well, listen, family, we didn't hung out for a little bit. I probably didn't got in a little bit of trouble. Um, if you want to explore this a little bit more, just uh, comment below, like some discussion questions and stuff like that. Um, come back to the video and comment the discussion questions. 
and maybe we'll we'll do a part two if necessary. You know, I don't like talking about this too much because I mess around and get in trouble. But um, other than that, that's all I have in this Solid Talk family. Thank y'all for hanging out with me. I love the comments, questions. Maybe next time somebody will call in. You all take care and be blessed. Culture can't keep me in check In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next True believers, they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest And show each other respect I keep it solid I'm dropping knowledge Wisdom, understanding, just like you done went to college Devil know we working His goal is to try to stop it Helmet of salvation and shield of faith That'll block it Controversial topics, just to keep it honest Truth hit hard, just like it's a blunt object Culture living and godless, I can't even call it. We in the last days, Babylon is falling. Don't kill the messenger, I can't mess with ya. Points got a plethora, this life will keep on testing ya. Let's walk and get the best of ya. I'm trying to tell you, bruh, only around the shell we say we're trying to get the rest Speaking of ya. Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check. In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. Spiritual wickedness in high places Trying to cause division with the people and the races Jesus gave commission, say go out to all the nations So we streaming live on television and the stations No, we taking off like asteroids up in the spaces The cross was Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, we trading places The lost must understand that we cannot be void of graces So we preach it to a generation that is faithless Understand his greatness, ancient of the ages Written on my heart, the red letters of the pages the blood of jesus covers all my sin and it erases i pleaded and believe it so it covers all my bases Speaking out loud in depth cancel culture can't keep me in check in from beginning gotta tell us what's next true believers they can come and connect call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect try and keep my sanity amongst calamity social media nothing more than narcissistic vanity pc culture on a mission and they try to cancel me but i know jesus gonna Keep me covered like a canopy Blood give me amnesty No I can't handle me Not where I wanna be But best believe I plan to be Flesh wrestle against the spirit Main event and slambery So I need them every day This daily, weekly, annually Iron sharp as iron So I'm strengthened by my brethren We may not meet down here But guarantee the link in heaven The born again and righteous Are the ones he's gonna let in Let's keep the faith And be amongst the saints When they step in